Welcome to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. This special series features some of Milwaukee's most distinguished leaders. They'll share how they overcame challenges, developed their skills, and achieved success, so you can gain insight and inspiration. And now, Leadership is in Session. Well, welcome, everybody. Today, we are in the studio for the Athena Masterclass Leadership is in Session with our friend and colleague, Ken Robertson, to talk about thriving through collaboration. Ken, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we are so glad that you are here. And you have a pretty incredible role at one of, I think, Milwaukee's best organizations. So you are the Executive Vice President and Chief Operating and Financial Officer for the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. So in that role, you are responsible for many initiatives for one of the country's largest community foundations. Will you talk to us about your work at GMF? Yeah, so a lot of initials. COO, CFO, EVP. I started at the foundation as the bean counter, the CFO for the organization. Was in that role for about three years and promoted to the chief operating officer role. One of the things that I think I do that adds value is I tend to meddle. So being at the center of the equation from a finance perspective kind of gives me a u- unique perspective around how to drive programming forward and how to move the whole entire organization forward. So being in that position, we've been able to do some really exciting, interesting things. I smile ear to ear when I talk about our Thrive On collaboration, which has been fantastic. But there's been other things that, you know, being kind of a finance person that's in the center of the organization, I've been able to move programming forward for an impact investing program that we're we're actually doing and several other community facing type programs. What is that impact investing program? So capital is a challenge, especially in some of our historically disadvantaged type neighborhoods. I mean, Milwaukee's fantastic city. We're all experiencing the investments that are happening in certain pockets around the city. But I I would tell you that those investments really are not equally dispersed across the city. So there's there's certain neighborhoods that still don't attract the amount of capital. Mm -hmm. Our impact investing program is simply aimed at really trying to balance the playing field, try to distribute capital into areas of the city that hasn't historically been able to attract that sort of capital. So we play in a lot of different spaces from small businesses around it, more mature businesses. We've been in real estate opportunities where we were able to support developers. So, I mean, we like to say that we get in where we fit in, Mm. um, where it makes sense for philanthropy to really provide that spark to move these businesses forward. So I did have to chuckle a little bit when you off, you said that you refer, referred to yourself as a bean counter, but 
you are so much more than that, Ken. And you are known for, as you said, driving impact. And that's internally and externally. And you have a pretty extensive resume of working with institutions doing incredible community work. So in addition to GMF, that's Boys and Girls Clubs. Why has your career led you to that mission-focused work? I would say that throughout my career, and thank you very much, you know, I've had to reinvent myself along my journey. And in that reinventing, it just kind of naturally pushed me toward some of the community work that I've been involved in. So the two major organizations that I've been involved in as a full-time employee has been the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Milwaukee and the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. I joke a lot and describe myself as this bean counter because I do think it's important to have a command of the details, the things that actually drive our businesses. And I think what I bring to the equation is representation. So I think historically in these organizations, there hasn't been people with the light lived experience from the neighborhoods who are actually in the table, at the table. So a lot of the initiatives folks weren't willing to lean into because one is they didn't have a real understanding of it. And then they didn't have an interpreter, someone Mm. that could bridge the gap between what was actually happening in our neighborhoods and actually how the finances work and could think creatively enough to be able to connect the dots and provide the investments where they were needed in the neighborhood. So I'll, I'll preach all day long that in roles like mine and similar roles, representation matters. Representation matters. I mean, that lived experience from the neighborhood and bridging that gap between what's happening there and how our institutions work, how our businesses work is just critical if we're going to move forward and solve some of the challenges that we have. So it's interesting that you reference representation mattering because so many of of my guests talk about that and share that. And what in your story keeps you grounded to do the work that is helping to shift the lives of black and brown communities so that people know that representation actually does matter? I would say a a few things. I would say one is what moves me every day is I'm still connected to the communities that we're trying to provide the services for. And Unfortunately, in a lot of the communities in Milwaukee, it's been really challenging. So what motivates me is turning on the news every day Mm -hmm. and seeing, hearing the incident that happened last night or what happened over the weekend and understanding that I have tools that I can bring to bear to make that better for our overall neighborhood. So that's kind of what lights my fire and keeps me going and actually creates a level of anxiety for me because, quite honestly, some of those names I am familiar with, Mm -hmm. some of those instances touch me personally, which keeps driving me. I'm also, I think I'm a pretty good translator, Mm. and I am motivated by sitting at the table and moving away from what I would describe as some of our plug-and-play type solutions to thinking more creatively around it. And I do lean into the challenge of explaining, interpreting, translating that information to folks that are maybe kind of stuck in a silo. Um, and don't understand how we could creatively move things and actually solve some of the problems that we have. That's great. And, and a solution, speaking of solutions, you are part of 
of a team that is at the helm of one of Milwaukee's most innovative initiatives that is a solution, and that is the Thrive On collaboration. And that's GMF's first place-based initiative. Talk to us about Thrive On, both the collaboration itself and then the physical space. So that's Thrive On King that will house the collaboration. Yeah, it's an amazing collaboration. You're right. It's historic. It's the first time that a foundation as large as ours has kind of leaned into this space. It's historic with the partnership being between, I would call some, maybe not, characters that you would normally connect. You have the medical college, you have a, di- a very strong, diverse developer that's in that space that's all pushing toward creating a more equitable, healthy neighborhood. And we're thinking directionally how we do it. And it's not, I would say it, it's unconventional because it's not us coming to the table saying neighborhood This is what you need to do to be healthier. It is us sitting along the table, within the table, with our neighbors, working alongside them, pulling in the tools that we have to make the neighborhood better, to make it more thriving for everybody within the neighborhood. We talk a lot about this initiative. We talk a lot about the building, and the building is big, Mm -hmm. Uh, more than 400,000 square feet. It was in... uh, the historic Gimbel Schuster's building. If you're familiar with that, that you, you know, I always describe it. If you're not familiar with Milwaukee, I always describe it as think about the Macy's yes. uh, Christmas and the, yes. the huge department store with the escalator that goes three or four stories, the big window. That's the building that we're actually doing a historic renovation on. We're basically renovating it in three pieces. We're adding a parking structure to the neighborhood, which is going to relieve a lot of the parking challenges the neighbors have, as well as house the people that will actually be in a building. We're adding administrative space. So the Greater Milwaukee Foundation is literally moving its headquarters from an office park that we're sitting in right now right to Martin Luther King Drive. And we're doing that for several reasons. But the main reason is is that we really believe that place matters. It's one thing to sit in a corporate park and think about programs, think about fixes for neighborhoods. It's another thing to kind of be in the neighborhood and walk day by day in that neighborhood and talk to our neighbors and work with them in coming up with solutions that will make everybody's lives better in that space. So the foundation will be moving their headquarters there, and then the medical college is going to be moving several of its forward-facing type departments into that facility. So that's the administrative space. The secret sauce of this Mm. whole initiative is what we're calling kind of our community hub. And it's the first floor that's going to be roughly a little bit more than 50,000 square feet. And it's really going to have services that the community actually asked for. So almost half of the footprint will be an early childhood education center that we're super excited about. And we know the challenges in Milwaukee around one is creating capacity within that space and creating capacity where you have quality within that space as well. So we're very excited about that solve. And that's under the direction of 
Tamara Johnson of Maleka, the fantastic and innovative team at Maleka. Yes. I'd like to give them a shout out. Yeah, and this is this will be their second location. So we're really excited to partner with that team. We're also going to be bringing JobWorks MKE, which is an employer. And we again, we know the challenges that we're trying to solve around that. So we're excited to have them join the initiative. Versity will actually be on the first floor as well. We're excited to have them that will we'll plan on kind of bringing programming aimed at really addressing three things. One is there's a donation issue that they'll try to help solve for on the first floor, but also education around the need for blood donations, particularly in communities of color where we're challenged. And the third solve is something that you know, folks don't really think about when you think of Versity is they're a major employer mm-hmm. and they have huge family earned jobs that they have that they need folks to fill. And it's a perfect pipeline into their organization from it and tons of room to grow within their organization. So we got Malika, we got Versity, we got JobWorks, MKE. We're not quite ready to announce a food vendor, but it's going to be a healthy food vendor because we know food needs to be part of this, part of how we activate this the overall space. I would say the third slice of this, and it's going to come online a little later than the rest of the development, is the residential side of it. It's going to be 90 mixed-income housing units, one to four bedrooms. The first floor will be dedicated to, and I'm getting used to this term, the wiser community, Hmm. the 55-plus type community. So we're, we're, we're super excited about all the pieces that we're bringing into the building. At the same time, we know that this is more than brick and mortar within the building. So our aim is to help activate the entire neighborhood, not just us, but working with partners along this. So the whole goal was this would be catalytic, and we think we're accomplishing that. And if you look at the development that's happening actually in the neighborhood between the Bronzeville Art Center that'll be happening, the Howard Fuller Collegiate Academy that's right across the street, America Black Holocaust that's half a block away, the Boys and Girls Clubs Ready Center that's just to the south of it, Dolman on the healthy food front. So lots of operators coming into the neighborhood. We're attracting the investments that we thought a project like that, this would actually um, attract. And so much of the work that has been done with the collaboration has been actually listening, engaging feedback from residents, from community. What are you hearing from them right now as they watch all of this happen, all of this flourishing in their community? I think they're extremely excited. We're taking every opportunity to get them in the building as we're actually developing this so they can see this vision of theirs that's actually coming to life. I think, you know, I think we really had deep engagement in the neighborhood at a time where a lot of people were asking them questions. A lot of people were, were talking about their respective designs for the neighborhood. And I think on the front end, to be totally transparent, we were challenged with folks just being exhausted by the mm-hmm. questions and the lack of movement within their neighborhood. So super excited. We could move this along faster. Mm-hmm. Um, construction isn't fun. No. <laughs> in the neighborhood around this. So everything hasn't been a straight line around it. But I think I would say 
if I could name a secret around it, is that our process has really been transparent and engaging. When we knew we couldn't solve an issue, we told the neighbors we couldn't solve it. You know, but we'll sit alongside you and see if we can figure it out together. When we had a misstep, said I had a misstep, mm-hmm. it, it's on us, and we work to solve it. So the expression that this being counter is learning mm. more about is you know, initiatives like this really move at the speed of trust, mm-hmm. um, and we're moving at the speed of trust. So straight line or not with the construction, which we all know takes time and requires patience, why is now the time for Thrive On and the Thrive On King space? I think the timing is perfect. Projects like these don't come to life on paper. They don't fit the basic model. And if you're in there with a piece of paper and a pencil trying to make this work on paper, you're just not going to get there. So it really is about vision and inspiring others. Our hope for this project is what you see in this particular neighborhood is replicated across our city and across our country. I mean, it really hasn't been done before. And we, we, you know, we hope that this model of authentic engagement, community led type programming and focus investments catches on and is attractive to other side, parts of the city. Doesn't have to be around the services that we're providing. You know, there's spaces all over the front, all over the city. You know, there's, you know, a, a huge gap in, affordable housing mm-hmm. that could do really the same way. There's a, a huge challenge with early childhood education that this could be the start of it. There's workforce development. There's just all these lanes that we can operate in and do the same sort of place-based initiative. So if you had to give advice to, for instance, an organization working on affordable housing or workforce development, to undertake an initiative like this, what is that advice? How how do you encourage them to get started? I think you have to come to a project like this with humbleness and recognize you're not going to know everything kind of coming in and being flexible enough to change because our neighborhoods are not cookie-cutter neighborhoods and the challenges can be complex and you have to come recognizing that there's stuff that you need to learn about the neighborhoods themselves. I would say you got to be bold. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, change comes at a cost. And I think if we've learned anything through COVID and all the challenges that we're facing right now is that incrementally getting at these issues, these challenges that we've had for all of our lifetime doesn't lead to great results around it. So you have to be bold and you have to accept that, you know, everything's not going to be a home run. Mm. And you can learn just as much from failure or what we describe as failure as success um, in this space. But it takes courage, right? I mean, you know, our systems are designed to protect the status quo. And you got to be bold enough to move away from that. I love that. Such great advice. And for you, Ken, outside of work, which I know consumes a lot of your time because you are such a visionary and you have your hands in so many things. What are your passions when you're not working on things like the Thrive On collaboration and with the GMF? (laughs) Family. Family. Um, Love my family. 
we talked a little bit about we're empty nesters right now. So I'll tell you, all you empty nesters or future empty nesters out there, you're going to struggle mm. <laughs> around it. So, you know, I mean, that, that really consumes me. We're still adjusting to this 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 new time in our lives and try to fig trying to figure out how we balance things moving forward but it really is family for me that's great well I, I appreciate you sharing that and just being with us today and sharing all of your wisdom and and your advice with our listeners uh, especially encouraging people to be bold and authentic and transparent as they move through the world in their space so thank you Ken Robertson for your time today we really appreciate you thank you so much thanks for listening to leadership is in session powered by athena communications be sure to catch all eight enlightening episodes and don't forget to connect to on the edge of equity with tammy belton davis available wherever you get your podcasts